0: Where your love is shed the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no the friends The adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now Hey everybody, this is Chris LaTori And you're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast Issue number 70 Covering new comic book day, August 31st. And let me tell you, it's a King Kong-sized amount of comic book nerdness. So thank you very much for joining us. And please tell a friend, a loved one, a fellow nerd buddy to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Also, I'm on Xbox Live. So if you maybe wanna play a game or nerd out a little bit, my gamertag is Sunspots Comics. So send me an invite, maybe we'll play. Thank you very much to my buddy Nick Papa George, for making our amazing theme song. It's just so good and fun. It gets stuck in my brain. It makes me feel good. Please check him out at facebook.com slash and his Instagram at pop Also, thank you to my son, Justin Jables, for doing our Sunspots Comics blog. You can check it out at blog.sunspotscomics. Dot com. He writes all kinds of stuff, reviews, TV shows, and movies on all things comic book related And his latest one coming up very soon is on his thoughts on the Suicide Squad movie So it's coming up very, very soon So let's jump right in to Sunspot's comics podcast issue number 70 Starting with just some random things floating around in my nerd brain The first thing is Long Beach Comic Con is 10 days away. It's actually Friday and Saturday, September 17th and 18th and I can't wait. This is where, for me, the research begins. So I start on the social media for Long Beach Comic Con. I start on their site and I begin to sort of piece together exactly what I want to see exactly what a, what the sort of layout is of the floor because I have to see every single aisle to make sure I get my money's worth and what panels am I going to attend. Ultimately, I'm looking for panels that will help me further develop my own comic book that I'm creating, Zombie Destroyers. So I look primarily to focus my attention on those types of panels and maybe celebrity signings, maybe some artist signings. Lately, I, I really appreciate... Up and coming artists that are really just kind of struggling to make it that have beautiful art that really speaks to me That's what I definitely try to pay attention to maybe get a little sketch in the book Maybe throw them some money their way and buy a comic or two for those people that are struggling and then a few of my favorites So I, I lay all that out on the research and kind of the last thing that I tie in together In my breakdown of Long Beach Comic Con is the is the Do Re Mi's the dollar bills, right? gotta prepare how much money am i going to spend what kind of budget am i going to give myself Uh, you have to kind of stay within that try to stay in a budget because you can easily just go nuts and next thing you know you've got overdraft fees and the madness the banking madness will will affect you in a dramatic way so you have to do the dollars and cents preparation set yourself a budget so anyway that's coming so it's floating around in my brain and the next thing uh, actually that's inside my brain uh, in a nerd fashion is my buddy Mike Norris and I are going to be playing Gears of War 1, 2, and 3 and Gears of War Judgment in preparation for Gears of War 4 releasing on October 11th so we're super excited about that we actually want to just kind of walk through and quickly play the game more for speed rather than try to say find every nook and cranny and ultimate kills we're just going to try to run through the games but we really ultimately are looking for that completest that feeling of wow we did all the games we did them sort of recently to kind of just deepen the experience and just sort of enrich the whole gameplay fun so gears of war is really on my brain we've uh, we have all the games now for the xbox one and we're just going to be blowing through those fast in preparation for october 11th gears of war 4 i cannot wait the game is just so beautifully rendered it's very super immersive it's that third party or that third person perspective you see the little guy running in front of you if you don't know what gears of War* is, come on they're on the fourth one already and i haven't played the judgment version so i'm actually excited to see what that's all about it for some reason it was just completely off the radar i don't know how that happened but i gave gaming a break for a while and now i'm kind of back so there you go i'm into that again Also on my nerd lobes is my wife, Patsy, and I just recently renewed our Disneyland annual passes, and we kind of found this cool thing that they just sort of started last February, which is their AP days, their annual pass holder days, and it's kind of cool because every week it changes, and they give you an exclusive... AP days button every week and there's also little snacks and bottled waters and fun things for kids like coloring etc even like special character picture sets so you can take a picture with a special character that's not kind of available for everyone else in the park. So that's kind of cool but just sort of fun little different things one thing that I we really noticed was that since the Tower of Terror is going away and going to be converted into the Guardians of the Galaxy experience, which I'm super excited about, there are a ton of sort of souvenirs, snacks, drinks, cups, mugs, and things that are going away. And they had this sort of mural of all of the Tower of Terror-related items that are going away. So I thought that's very cool. I'd like to my wife and I are going to try to spend a little money on that and maybe get one of those drinks or two or the munchie or two related to that experience because the Tower of Terror is going bye-bye. But uh, we've always enjoyed it, but. Honestly, for me, I'm more excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. So that's going to be a huge amount of fun, I think. We were even talking to people in the park uh, about it recently, and uh, they're just, it's very, it's kept on a very tight lipped Everyone's not really talking about it, but we know there's things coming. We know there's going to be a red carpet experience where every, all the cast members from Guardians of the Galaxy will be there and uh, i'm just very very excited to be a part of the disneyland experience again and it brings my wife and i so much joy and it just it's just the aura of the place and the ambiance of that feel good that feel good land that is disneyland and hello to our new friend elizabeth that we met on tuesday we hung out and had a good time at the park so hello elizabeth and it was fun hanging out with you and going on the rides and just nerding out so it was a good time And the last thing on my nerd brain is I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes, I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering. And my friend Jordan Hudson, hey Jordan, is doing his fantastic art. Please check out his Instagram at jordan__hudson__art. His art is friggin' ridiculous. Thank you very so much, Jordan, for doing the art on Zombie Destroyers. I also managed to land the site zombiedestroyers.com. I posted uh, some samples of his art there, pages one through four, and I'm going to be revamping it very soon, so check out Zombie Destroyers from time to time. It's very cool stuff. We uh, just finalized page 13. He's doing the final inks on it, and him and I are starting our conversation, our collaboration on how page 14 and 15 is going to work. 13 was when our Zombie Destroyer team for the first time, goes out into the world, and how does that go? Mmm, first time, and they're young, so we'll see, and 14 is this sort of the aftermath, what happens after that, and then 15 may introduce a new character, we'll see, but uh, you know, it's all about the timing, the layout, the plots, how we can time it properly to get to that 22 to 24 page comic book, which hopefully will release to the world so you can see it sometime next year, so there you go. Also just wanted to shed a little sunspots light on the segment that I'm trying to just kind of put out there That I'm actually trying to help spread the word, help bring some attention, help show some love For people in the comic book community, independent comic book creators Artists, inkists, writers, colorists, letterers, anyone That's really just trying to make it out there I want to shed some light upon you There is an an interview coming up very soon with a guy named Miles Greb. Just check him out, Miles Greb at his uh, awesome awesome website you can see it at after the gold rush dot space. very very cool but if you are an up-and-coming comic book uh, creator and you'd like to have a little spotlight on our podcast just email me directly or hit me up on instagram twitter and facebook at sunspots comics or my email is chris at sunspots so just hit me up i would love to spotlight you so now let's jump into the comic book news i actually have two comic book articles this week and they are in the comic book feel-good factoid freebie category and there's two of them what is that well it's actually where i realize there is just so much information about and a lot of it is the same information about everyone reads about comic book tv shows and movies so i try to find something a little different a little off the beaten path that just kind of makes my little warm heart go pitter my little nerd heart go pitter patter so that's what that is and this week i have two short articles the first one's from the la times which i always I'm happy to see the LA Times cover anything comic book related. It's just nice for them to a- acknowledge that uh, the, the the hobby itself is a gigantic global powerhouse. So yes, media articles should cover it. So it's happy. I'm happy to see the LA Times spending some time on it. And this one is actually DC Comics Rebirth brings new life and huge sales to old superheroes. So it's just kind of like a little state of the union address the comic book union address on how the rebirth gimmick if you will not not in really a negative commentation but it is a little something that is a it's a media event etc it has done extremely well for them the rebirth line according to date now with 11 issues uh to date seeing orders exceeding 200,000, and they actually have still five of the issues to release the titles to release of the 39 so that's that's They still have five to go. I think uh, one came out today, which was Cyborg. So they still have some to go. It looks like the highest seller was the Suicide Squad breakout character Harley Quinn, which with the movie release, it's just they timed it out uh, properly. You have Jim Lee on art. There is a alternate cover that Jim Lee drew himself. That Jim Lee is a Howard Stern fan, and so am I. And he drew the Suicide Squad there, and Harley Quinn's t-shirt says, Hit him with a Hein! which i won't even go into what it means but you if you're a howard stern fan you know what it means and i just i don't spend a lot of money on variant covers but i need to get that (laughs) because it kind of combines two things together that i love which is howard stern and comic books so very very cool but way to go dc they've they've with jeff johns handling the helm there they've put together a good team of people artists writers creators the bi-weekly thing is actually working for them uh, fans the the outpouring of positiveness is there on social media etc uh, they're not loving the movies <laughs> but uh, they're loving the rebirth uh, and how it's going and i've thoroughly for me it's two main titles it's the batman series and the flash series those are getting my money right now uh, after that it's a trickle down of just kind of peeking in and seeing how things are uh, superman is uh, the third so superman batman and the flash are the three i would highly recommend in the rebirth family of dc titles so just very good and thank you la times for again shedding some light on the nerd world and the second article comes from inquisitor.com and this is in their science section and it's titled superman's glasses actually work as a disguise according to this thorough scientific research so the first thing that cracks me up is that there is this study of 59 uh, individuals through various scientists which it doesn't look like they wish to be named. Maybe this particular... St- oh, here it is. University of York. So they, they conducted a study uh, in the realm of facial recognition. This just to me sounds like a bunch of comic nerds <laughs> were had uh, were kind of bored, couldn't come up with an idea of what they were going to do this study upon. They managed to get 59 people. into where they showed three pictures of an individual, sort of speed round testing them, and, and, and I guess, kind of a true or false to see if they were all the same person. And believe it or not, the, from the first study, only 80% of the people got that right. And one of them had glasses on. Now, when they finally, I guess, slowed the, the study down, it reduced to only 6% error. But ultimately, the glasses, to an initial glance, is what was throwing people off. Now, that's, you know, in scientific research, 6% is a giant number. It may not seem much to us. But we think about, say, 100 million people last year that go through airports... Uh, that's, that's like, you know, six million misidentifications. So glasses does something to the way we see people. The reflection, refraction of light that comes off of it. It can mess with even the uh, software for uh, detecting individuals. The facial recognition software, glasses mess with that. So there is something to it. I guess so when we see Superman on TV and movies, etc. And uh, we're always thinking, gosh... Don't they recognize them? It's just glasses? Well, there is a percentage of that actually being a probable scientific fact that it does cause problems with people identifying individuals wearing glasses. So there you go. There's some truth behind our fun nerd stuff. So very cool. And of course, I'll share these two articles on all the social media uh, at Sunspots Comics. So you'll see those being shared very soon by me. So let's get back in and jump right into my favorite, my personal favorite part ...of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is my Oscar-nominated comic book reviews and recommendations... ...where I pick my favorite comic books for the new comic book day, August 31st. And of course, spoiler alert, ring the bell, that's right. (laughs) I totally work every week on not spoiling everything. I leave the last couple of pages alone, of course. And I try not to give you the most tasty, delicious nuggets... So you don't really have to worry per se, I'm not going to spoil everything, but you have been warned if you're the ultra sensitive spoiler uh, kind of person like me. I try to just, 0.0, I don't want any spoilers at all, I want to be completely surprised if possible. But uh, don't worry, but it is a spoiler alert for that. And if you want to see everything I'm reading, if you want to see the lists of all my favorite picks of the past weeks, all the way since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on the pull list to see the actual 110 titles I am reading. Thank goodness, not all at one time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I am, and also, if you click on top comic books of the week, you'll see all of my past top picks. I recently just took the website and kind of revamped it, simplified it, and I'm actually going to be jumping ship of the server that I'm on and completely renovating it very soon. So hopefully it's just going to be even more beautiful and tantalizing and I want you to put your eyeballs on it. But anyway, check out sunspotscomics.com from time to time. And this week, I picked uh, an art winner and a cover art winner, which is one and the same person. I kind of like when that happens. It's Sean Murphy of Tokyo Ghost number 10. Sean Murphy is one of my favorite artists right now uh, for the last few years, has been, with just his beautiful work on just anything he does. I have to stop and look at it. And uh, Wake comes to mind. Check that out. It's gorgeous. Image title. But the Tokyo Ghost series is... This looks like it's the wrap up it's the end which I haven't completely confirmed that but it may looks like it looks like it's possibly the end but the cover is gorgeous it has the Tokyo Ghost she is there with her awesome electrified sword and this sort of raccoon character that's now her sidekick and she's just in this awesome sword fighting stance and her her man lead is sort of in this background with this panels this unique paneling with sort of the color exploding from it and it's just that dark background with the very light just kind of in your face that contrast looks amazing and sean murphy's lines are just fantastic the way he draws like sort of a realistic muscular woman i think i, I really enjoy that it's just not over sexualized and ridiculous it's just what a sort of fit woman would look like and uh, props to him on that and colorist because you have to give props to his colorist on this the way he sort of even has the skin tones with sort of bubbles and infer- imperfections on the cover it just adds this very realistic style but then his His very scratchy, very multiple line look just kind of combines these these two art styles and it's very cool. But Matt Hollingsworth on coloring. Fantastic. So he wins it this week. Favorite artist by far. There's some fantastic action sequences in here which are just gorgeous. And he does some really unique paneling and some great storytelling. It's, uh, It's top notch. Thank you, Sean, for your beautiful art. That's Sean Murphy. Check out Tokyo Ghost. And this week I actually bought 15 comics. And eight of them made it to my favorite pick list, which is great. That's more than that 50% that I always try to be at. So I always like to keep buying the good stuff. And always, of course, the great stuff makes my favorite picks list. And this week there was eight. Two, by the way, were brand new number ones, which was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Universe. And also the uh eden's fall and unfortunately neither one made the favorite pick list but they were good i might peek into the especially the teenage mutant ninja turtle universe uh because that has bill Sinkevich on art but it's it's very very nice i think i'm going to keep going with it it has the artist that did the batman teenage mutant ninja turtle team up and it's it's very nice looking very gorgeous very polished and it seems like a lot of fun new character in that like a scorpion woman So kind of interesting. I think I'm going to peek into that. And you may hear me discuss that very soon. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Universe. So here we go. These are my favorite comic book picks for, like I said, new comic book day, August 31st. Here we go. Coming in at number eight is Saga, number 37. Saga 37 is art by Fiona Staples and written by Brian K. Vaughn, who is amazing. So Saga's on number 37. I just can't believe we're there the very first page of this comic sort of sets this tone which is the daughter character that is just sort of sleeping hazel is her name she's sleeping and she's drooling and there's these beautiful sort of nightlight flowers all around her and her black sort of wings are there spread out and she has like her favorite doll that she's cuddled up with and it's just like this this warm sort of family moment and she announced uh, in the end of the last issue and the beginning of this one, that uh, that she's pregnant, that she's going to be having a baby, another baby. So Hazel's about to have a sibling, and Marco and her are discussing that, and what are they gonna do? And you definitely feel the they've already had this long journey of problems because the the Romeo and the 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 Capulet and Montague family aliens here, uh, which is Marco and his and and the girl, which I already forgot her name. Uh, they that's just sort of created this uprising of people that are very against it. In this, this which is strange, it's in this multi-diverse alien world. But yet, this the two core aliens which have had this this war against each other for a long, for many years. It's just very taboo for them to have relationships, meet, and have children. So it's like they're being chased, and that's just that's the core of the story. It's running around the galaxy, ultimately just trying to run and stay free, and 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 never really go and attack. Or go to the source of these people that are trying to kill them, ultimately. So they're in this state of turmoil, and you feel that. It's this family dramatic moment where they're like, wow, another baby's coming, and we're on the run. We're on the lamb. We're, we're, tr- we're going across the galaxy just trying to hide in this strange like spaceship that's basically this flying tree. It's like this living tree that they fly in and it it even gives them a warning sign here which turns everything orange so the tree just has these these embers and branches that just glow orange in the entire interior of this tree spaceship so yeah this comic is all over the place and there is a graphic nudity moment here with the robot uh masturbation moment kind of uncomfortable and crazy (laughs) it's very uh adult themed and in storytelling but then at times The narrative is coming from the child, Hazel, which gives us sort of like spoilers into the future as to what's happening and it gives you teases into this story. So the the storytelling style from Brian K. Vaughn is very unique and very different from anything he's done from like Why the Last Man. And so he's definitely experimenting here on the long haul of some unique storytelling with uh, definitely some interesting uniquely shaped panels and gorgeous beautiful coloring and art from Fiona Staples so this is just sort of at at where they're at the crossroad here maybe they they have to stop running they're not sure uh the mother is there and has this awkward conversation with their babysitter ghost and there's sort of a reveal there i don't want to tell you exactly what but there's a reveal in that character the mother character of marco marco's mother so that's an interesting little twist there and of course he always ends with a bang so the last few pages are definitely, definitely interesting. There's even a neat flashback, like a war flashback of the two, the two clans, the alien clans. So it, it sort of punctuates exactly why they're on the run. <laughs> these, two, these two alien species really hate each other, is what they establish in some of these panels. So some great storytelling. It's some complexity. It's, it's diverse. It's sort of all over the place. It's messed up. It's shocking. That is what the world of Saga is. So join us, everyone. If you're not reading Saga get in there there's there's trade collections there's i think there's a couple of omnibus get it so that's my number eight coming in at number seven from marvel comics is amazing spider-man 17 and that is uh written by dan slott who is just the master of spider-man he's been doing it for for years now i want to say around five years and dan slott's really got it he's nailed spider-man in my opinion he's doing it right I love the suit with the neon eyes and the neon spider, glowing spider in his chest. Pencils by R.B. Silva. And you have to give props to colorist Adriano Di Bendetto. And this is... I love the cover. It's an Alex Ross cover. I mean, come on. It's classic. It has like Lady Electra there, just um, electrifying the prowler and his awesome sort of purple outfit that has that kind of spawn-like mask, but it's all purple. And this is... Again, get, getting us closer to the new clone conspiracy that's going to be happening in the Spider-Man world. I know at first we, a lot of us old-timers that have been reading comics forever, when we hear Spider-Man clone, we gasp and go, because <gasps> some of it was bad. I, I mean, I read it, I, I stuck through it, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a mess, but it was, it was kind of fun in, in most parts, and it's a different time then. <laughs> Whole lot less content, so I enjoyed it uh, for the most part. But um, this is, uh, again, showing that the primary character that's doing all this cloning is even cloning people that are dead. And so he's recruiting, ultimately. And you see him gathering up other characters. You see um, Spider-Man just kind of actually setting up a decoy to sort of prove he's not Peter Parker. So he's he's again maintaining his identity, which is... Which is interesting that he has to uh, do that. You don't see a lot of that anymore in comics, right? That, where there's still that, so that that protecting their identity. So it, it, for me, it has that kind of nostalgic feel. And you still have Otto Octavius, Doctor Octopus, kind of looming in the in the in the background here in the shadows. That he is this his spirit or essence is still in this robot, and that is uh, that is the sort of partner to one of his lab technicians slash. Well, it was his girlfriend when. Dr. Otto Octavius was the superior (laughs) Spider-Man. Go back and look at that. It's it's a lot of fun But this is actually uh, the Prowler kind of more of the Prowler story There's a lot there's not a ton of Spider-Man here, but the art is gorgeous by the way full of color full of action and This lady electro it's kind of her birth I don't want to just spoil all of it, but this kind of seems like an important issue to grab like it's her origin and So I don't want to spoil that but it's 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 well done It's timed properly, and they don't spend a ton, ton of time on it. I almost wanted them to sink their teeth into the origin of Lady Electra a little more. If that's even going to be her name, I'm not sure. But there is something that is done to the original. Uh, Electra character Electro um, You have to Kind of check it out And see what happens here I don't want to spoil it There's some great little moments Of action It's just fun It's Spider-Man Still having to Decide if he's going to Try to save Aunt May's husband Mr. Jameson because he just sort of collapsed a few episodes ago issues ago so what's going to happen there and is he going to just embrace this technology that's just magically healing people because uh, they don't know that it's uh it's it's turning into a cloning factory so yeah where's this going to go i'm excited to see the clone conspiracy stuff i'm going to definitely jump in buy it all at first hope it's really good you've got dan slot at the helm so he's going to do spider-man right so coming in at number six is Lazarus number 24? I can't believe that Lazarus is on 24 already. Like, this has just been a sweeping epic sci-fi tale of how the worlds are the world is run by these primary large families that are basically corporations. And they are fighting, they are warring against each other. They have these Lazarus, which are their, their these clones, these super soldier clones. That they even show like the factory here with their body parts, where forever is this Lazarus of the the Carlisle family, and they show this laboratory of like her body parts. So they heal faster than us. they're they're genetically modified. They're seven feet tallish or more. Uh, the fun is when the Lazarus get together because it's just very businesslike, even they know they have to kill each other. There's just sort of that calm lack of emotion yet confidence that, uh, they are killing machines, and it's interesting. And you start off with this opening sequence of one of the Lazarus from the other families, uh, the Rousling family that is out uh, to kill one of the, the this this other family. So it's just these warring families, and their their tech is very at a high level. It's just their fun tech, like the way that the Lazarus all carry though these uniquely designed swords. I just love that little accent, and that they wear these sort of these these dark sort of scuba suits ultimately with lights on their mask and it's just so very futuristic and it just kind of reminds me i don't know of like uh like snake eyes and cobra is what a lot of them sort of look like in the gi joe series and this the action sequence that is what what they're really nailing here by the way this is uh, written by greg Rucca, pencils by michael lark michael larks larks is doing some of the best art sequences in comics today And you have to see that in Lazarus It's just realistic, it's super hyper gritty The emotions on the faces Are very detailed And you see just this Opening action sequence of this assassination Go down with those awesome Unique shaped swords And it is just, it's fun And the way that, how strong they are And they can lift just a a regular person up With one hand in the air And sort of stab them with the other It's, they're they're some serious There's some serious Uh characters to be to be reckoned with they're uh they're frightening in this and then there's this we, we've a few issues ago we realized that that the carlisle family lazarus her name is forever she's already been cloned and there's a young woman that is a young girl that's her, her identical i mean she's a clone so she's already being trained in a separate facility they, they call her their daughter which is sort of this messed up thing and that's ultimately sort of what's happening to our character Forever here, she realizes kind of who she is to some extent, but really not fully I don't think she's seen the body parts farm or And she definitely hasn't seen that she's already been cloned and they're growing another one of her But the the, the leader of the the Carlisle family calls the, her daughter and manipulates her that way And there's some of that here where they're playing chess And she's trying to have a conversation with her quote-unquote father and he's just very, he's, he's, you can tell he's been down this road. Like how many clones have there been? He knows kind of exactly what to say, not to say too much, not to say too little, but just keep her on the lamb with that. This, you, this is your family and you are our daughter and it's just messed up. And that's the, the key element there is that this, she's a clone. And what is this, this clone going to do? Is she going to just continually follow orders? She's been, I think genetically modified and the medication she take make her follow along and do what her her father tells her to do but she's conflicted so she's awakened she's realizing and it's it's definitely causing issues <laughs> definite causing issues and there is uh the two sisters that recently the carlisle uh the the patriarch of the carlisle family uh, was ill or poisoned actually and there's sort of this this the other two daughters that are fighting for jockeying for that number one position in the family and that seems like it happens a lot the heads of the family are killed and then the next of kin takes over, and so it's it's this great universe now, and it's sprawling. They've really spent I think mean, 24 issues of establishing these characters. You're invested in forever. That's that's the the best part about it. You, I look forward to seeing her and what's what is she going to do, and how is uh you know being awakened from and knowing what she partially is. How is that going to affect things in the future? That's the best part of it. So definitely check out Lazarus. Number 24 was a fantastic issue. Action-packed. Good stuff. And coming at number five is Jupiter's Legacy. Mark Millar on writing. Frank Quietly on art, which is gorgeous. And this ultimately is some setup where the... They're basically these... the, The heroes now are kind of the villains in this world. And the villains of the world have taken over. They've killed some of the original sort of superheroes this ultimately is that uh there is like a superman like character there's a batman like character and it's it's the son and grandson trying to re- recruit their their his father who he thought was was dead he just sort of went into hiding though and stayed in this bunker and the the son his is uh, even his his fiance uh she's super strong that's that's her sort of ability and his uh it's you're not quite sure what his powers are but he's asking for their father's help and his his name is sky fox and the cool part about this is the sky fox character you thought maybe his the, the fox outfit isn't the most appealing it's kind of purple it's a little bit uh, sort of golden age looking but you realize quickly that his powers are seriously unique he can fly he has telekinesis he can actually manipulate electronics and so this is the uh, this is kind of this family moment and this family baggage in this conversation where they're they're pleading with their grandfather to help them uh, take over and fight the villains that have taken over the world and want to just continually destroy it. There, in the last issue, there was a, a bombing and it, it devastated this small town and the... The supervillain could have stopped it, but they just sort of, they're, they're creating this world of just anarchy and chaos. And now the heroes that are, that are basically underground have to, to scratch and, and find every sort of, any kind of help throughout the world they can get. And this is, uh, it ultimately comes down to this Skyfox character that walked away because he was betrayed. And one of the characters in sort of their Justice League um, stole his, his girlfriend. And he believes she was mind-manipulated, but the team didn't believe that. And there's just that conflict with that, and then they, they ended up taking him out or imprisoning him when they attacked like a hundred other sort of supervillains, attacked him at once, and it's this brutal scene, which you have to see, where they're just stomping and crushing and fighting, but he's super strong, and it's it's brutal. So there's there's brutal stuff here, there's that family sort of awkward conversation which is great which is the kind of the core of this which is kind of you know help us granddad and he's like well i kind of enjoy watching 60 minutes in my bunker and they're like well come on help us out grandpa so it's it's an interesting awkward conversation and some brutal violence just just finished off cherry on top with with frank quietly's gorgeous art and uh, i know he's just one of those guys that that it takes forever. That's why he does like an issue of one issue of a comic like every three months. So that's why it's Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, it doesn't deliver on time, but still solid. Mark Millar doing some great writing here and and really setting up these characters and setting up what I think is a big war between the evil villains and the and the underground good guys. And I think uh, it's going to be really exciting. We're only at number three, and I think I think this arc will go to five. And what happens from here, we don't know. It may be wrapping up. It feels like it is, but. Jupiter's Legacy, number three, check it out That's why it's my number five pick of the week And my number four is Aliens Defiance from Dark Horse Comics Aliens Defiance, issue number four And this is written by Brian Wood Who's done every He's writing everything, just about (laughs) And this is this character Zulu Hendrix, who is A Like a a marine, basically And she's injured, has a Spinal injury and they send her on this mission for reconnaissance to basically find an, a- an alien and bring the embryo to them so they can weaponize it. So she sort of goes AWOL. They send her with these synthoids the, the, that bleed milk <laughs> from the movie series and the Davis line of, of bots. And there's even like a mutiny between them. There is one primary Davis bot that has decided to not download his uh, artificial intelligence mainframe and sort of get any updates so that he can be unique and go along with with zulu hendrix which is just to sort of fly throughout the galaxy and wipe out the aliens and not bring back samples well this is a flashback as to how she got the injury so we finally get to see that and i I, I dig it that we get to see her you know in some other planet and there's a there's a battle and she's there and there's this explosion and you see why why and how she gets injured and it's it's brutal. It's like a little jaw dropping. And the most brutal part about it, why this is a high pick for me, is when she's visited by the by a colonel or her military sergeant and the war had just begun and what he tells her is so messed up. It's just it's it solidifies that these the way that the Marines are, are treated, even here in this, 200 years later, is just horrible. And it's just a breeding ground for PTSD. And it's what this little verbal exchange, and I don't want to blow it, that this colonel says to her while she's on on a, she's in like a surgery room and she's like basically has a entire body cast covering her and what this guy says to her can you can kind of get a gist already it's just devastating and it's it's my jaw like dropped and i was like oh you know and and so you really feel for this character that's what it is you really kind of root for her you want her to wipe out the alien infestation. and uh yeah, I, I like the character she's complex she's interesting she's getting these calls from her Psychiatrist and physical therapist, etc., because she's in a lot of pain. And occasionally, the Davis bot will do this strange acupuncture process to her and help her and put this 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 like brace, this body brace on her that she can only keep on for a certain amount of time. So it's it's yeah, it's like this complex character hopping the galaxy, killing aliens. And is this Davis bot going to remain loyal to her? Or is he going to give in to his programming? Will he update his programming and actually want to take an alien specimen onto the ship? And is Zulu going to have that problem? That's what I feel that the, the tension is there. And it's it's some great drama. He's really doing some fantastic writing here. I've been enjoying this. I do hope that uh, on Instagram, the artist, uh, uh, I think is tyrone jones and i know i'm mispronouncing that i'm sorry but he did like the first two issues of this and then three and four has changed artists which are still really good but his art on issue one and two was fantastic check that out and uh you you will not be disappointed from aliens defiance that's why it's my number four so here we go into the top three comic books this week so here we go top three coming in at number three is afterlife with archie And that is number 10 It's crazy that this has been, I think, out for five years now And we're on number 10 So we're not getting a ton of issues This is from uh, the Archie Horror publishing line After Life with Archie Written by Mr. Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa And the art, just the gorgeous, dark, gritty, scary, uh, brooding art From Francisco Francavilla and this is called "Before the End of the World." So this is a little bit of a flashback before the zombie outbreak in Riverdale. That's that's totally occupying all of the the Archie family. This is a sort of an offshoot of it, uh, talking about the Josie and the Pussycat band. And this takes an interesting twist, unique sort of turn in how the the uh, how the writer decides to give the Josie and the Pussycats kind of a little more interesting origin, and I totally liked it. I, I mean, I I loved it because it's very reminiscent of the Anne Rice novels and the Interview with the Vampire. Matter of fact, the first first few sequences is a guy with his recorder sitting down with the uh, lead singer of Josie and the Pussycats, and uh, his uh, his her name is Miss McCoy, and there's he has his recorder, and he, she's going to start this story, and she begins by telling him our story starts in like 1908, and this is in current time. So you're already there going, okay, she's uh, that old, yet she looks like she's about 17. So it comes to, it, they, it's neat, they establish here that they started that long ago, and she, 1906 actually, and he's like, what? And doesn't believe her, and she says, well, let me just tell you my story, and she just goes forward. And it's very much like this interview with a vampire that's happening here, and I totally love that book and that movie. And this is just very reminiscent of that. So it goes back to, the um, Josephine, her mother is uh, very poor and just had her gave birth to her daughter in the street, and laid her at the at the doorstep of an orphanage, and the mother died in the street. So very heavy drama. You're like, oh, you're like, my goodness, she gave birth and she she passes away and left at an orphanage. And she befriends, though, the the girls, the three girls in the orphanage. And they're, of course, ruled by this this tyrant, Miss Cabot. And she is just horrendous. Fantastic villain. You just sort of hate her all the way through. She's just uh, abusive and torturous to these young girls in this orphanage. Until they find out that they're all kind of good singers and entertainers. And, of course, they want to just capitalize on that with... With Miss Cabot and her boyfriend of the week and they start traveling the road with these young kids um in the early 1900s and and flash forward to there's some social commentary here one of the one of the girls is a is a female of color and uh, there is a, a, the Ku Klux Klan that comes after her, and so there's some there's some interesting social commentary there. And what are they going to do in this town? And even this sort of rotten boyfriend that's trying to cash in and capitalize on on slave labor and sending these girls to sing, he even says like it's more for greed. But he's just like you know we're gonna do our job. You paid our you paid us. You paid us the deposit. We want to get the rest of our contract. We're gonna perform, and, and the racist town doesn't allow them to. And even the young girl, you feel for her, the, the young black girl, she's like, I'll just leave the band, like, I don't want to be a burden, and it's just like, oh, it's just heartbreaking. So it's this sweeping tale, and they go through different time zones, they explain that they, they sort of hibernate and disappear for a while, and then come back into time with the, the music of that era, and so it's just this sweeping epic tale of like a hundred years, that's, that's, I don't want to ruin the sort of uh, middle and ending, but ultimately... You find out why and how they've lived so long. What's what's happened to them? You have a, you already have an understanding, I'm sure, from the Anne Rice stories, interview with a vampire. But you get it there. But how it's done is really interesting. And there's this, and and there is just this beauty of it, this dark beauty here, and and there, it's just swashbuckling. And there's there's these parties, and the, and they're in the 20s, and it's like the Roaring 20s, and it's just this. And there's so many... And then they even when they flash forward to the future, the, uh, she's, the, the Josie and the Pussycats are of the modern age sort of Spice Girls, and, and they're really super popular. But it all just works for me. It really does. And if you like Interview with a Vampire and you like Anne Rice novels, you'll really dig this. But I love the fact that this is going to be weaved in to the afterlife with Archie. So we're not just going to see them, I'm sure, the Josie and the Pussycats uh, performing on stage um they're going to have i think some significance in the future story that is that is afterlife with archie so just get them all they're super super good it's i think on halloween this is going to be my sort of reread i'm going to pull these 10 out because uh they're quick and easy fast reads and they're a ton of fun and really creepy so that's why it's my number three afterlife with archie number 10 and coming in at number two is Bloodshot Reborn from Valiant Comics. This is written by Jeff Lemire, who is uh, just a master, and the artist Miko Suyan with colorist David Barron. I have to say the color here very realistic. The shadowing, the clouds in the background just really sets this super realistic tone The just the shadowing of the in in various rooms that's done from the from the light source it's just gorgeous how it hits their faces the emotions are spot on gotta give miko Suyon props here so his his just really hitting on all marks here it's very dark very gritty very realistic but we have our, our bloodshot character here who is on Bloodshot Island, I love this island. There are other Bloodshots there that, when they're released from their chamber, they don't even live 24 hours. When this sort of silver surfer woman-looking, uh, you know, uh, alien or something named Kay is uh, just wiping the Bloodshots out and destroying all their nanites, and then they wake up and try again. It's like they're in this strange, uh, like in the Matrix or something. Is this real? Is this all in their mind? You can't help but think that Because they're just stuck on this island There are various weaponry Everywhere that's buried And it doesn't help them Against this silver surfer Being named Kay And He now, Bloodshot, they swish cheese his brain But he now remembers Kay as being a significant part of his life In his early life He can't even completely figure out why But he knows her He he recognizes her face But she's not really acknowledging that at first And then maybe she sort of is Maybe he struck a chord with her And there is of course this this Project Rising spirit That's behind all of this And they're testing them And they're, like I said, they're continually (laughs) killing them Over and over and over again and you're introduced to maybe my favorite Who I may, this character I may even like Better than Bloodshot himself Which is uh, Bloodspot <laughs> The dog And I just love I'm a sucker for any story With a sidekick animal of any kind And this is nailing it So he's getting his butt kicked from K, And then Bloodspot comes to the rescue And like grabs her arm And he's wearing a frickin' grenade belt Around his neck <laughs> And yes he does stuff with it. The dog Bloodspot, yes, actually does some stuff with a grenade belt. I don't want to blow it, but yeah, she's just shooting these beams of light that are just cutting through blood, uh, Bloodshot, and he's ultimately just running from her. And she can, she just flies. She looks like she, you know, she actually does create some complicated weaponry out of her arm, very T2000, very T2000, and is uh, <laughs> just shooting these beams of light that are just cutting through him like, uh, like, like butter. Like uh, he's butter, and it's just these silver rays of light. And uh, Bloodspot's doing the best he can. And uh, there's that, that moment where they're just, they realize, okay, they've given the, this fight everything they can. The action sequence here is just amazing and fun and tense. And they realize we just have to run. There's nothing we can do. We've thrown the whole kitchen sink at her, and nothing's working. We need to just haul ass and get out of there. And then we're actually kind of introduced to the character that's sort of hot on the trail of of ray garrison bloodshot who we've met in previous issues and she's like an fbi agent that's that won't give up on finding the the true story behind this this project rising spirit like what what they're what are they actually doing who are they testing who are these people and she is uh she seems sort of like a psychic medium so she's hot on the trail here and then yeah she's too hot on the trail she's sort of taken prisoner and so she's another player in this. Is she going to be the one that's going to finally find Bloodshot Island? I don't know, but she's definitely tied to this somehow, and she's she's been involved in previous issues. And I like her character because she is this sort of psychic medium and has these feelings and and essences and sounds of of and and helps her keep stay hot on the trail of Bloodshot. So she's involved. She's coming soon, and they bunker down uh, because Bloods Bloodspot is able to. Use his, his keen sense of smell to find a sort of safe area And they hide out for a little while And they realize that, that they're in sort of the the den of where all of the, the other dead bloodshots are kept And then reborn and the nanites are activated And so he's getting closer, that's ultimately what this is It's so well paced, I know we're on number 16 But the bloodshot island aspect of it has only been 3 or 4 issues and that this arc has been top notch. If you look back at my previous picks, it's been up there every single week. But Bloodshot Reborn from Valiant is, in my opinion, and I've tried a few of them, is the best Valiant title right now. 4001 AD, I would say, is number two. But check out Bloodshot Reborn. It is top notch. It's action-packed. It's got a friggin' dog in there that has its infused with nanites and has a grenade belt around its neck. You need to see that sequence. It's fantastic. <laughs> But here we go, coming in at number one, the number one comic book pick of the week for me is from Image Comics, Tokyo Ghost. And Tokyo Ghost is number 10. This, I believe, is the end. It very much feels like the end. Uh, It very much seems to have an ending, that's all I'm gonna say, but this is the sort of final, final showdown between this crazy, insane internet computer uh, monster, if you will, that's actually killing the human beings, but downloading their brain <laughs> digitally and creating this digital world. He believes that if he kills all the humans, brings them to this digital world, they'll they'll live there in peace and happiness, and not have war and famine. And uh, so, yeah, he's this ultimate supervillain, and our character is Debbie Deb. She is now the Tokyo Ghost she's imbued with like these sort of emp powers and her sword is like this this emp device but the the character that's i like that they've created this like this single bad guy throughout this whole thing and he's uh he's he's brutal and he has this sort of tech that he controls from his hand and he's able to like make these this this giant this array of weaponry from from 25 handheld weapons to bazookas to you name it All just sort of being controlled by wires And he's like this giant computer octopus, it's crazy And this is just an action-packed final finale showdown between the two of them And shes he's already killed uh, Lead, which you think he has And Led seems to be already downloaded into the digital world and this is her with her sword, him with his his insane arsenal of, of grenades and weaponry and, and firepower, and them just going toe to toe. And it's it's exactly what you want. It's it's two superheroes, a superhero and a supervillain, just fighting each other to the end. And it's he's has some twisted powers, and he's manipulating her in ways and making her her sad and showing images of lead and kind of telling her story. And ultimately, he doesn't want to say kill her but he wants to for her to admit that his concept of killing everyone and bringing them into this digital world is the better thing to do and he really believes that and that's what makes him sort of a, a viable enemy because he he's truly has an agenda and his idea <laughs> he really believes that and it's written so well that you that you really get a, a sense of this of his madness <laughs> and she is ultimately wanting to deb is wanting to bring the world sort of back to where it was bring the green back it is this sort of environmental story here with this world that's so infused with all this nanotechnology and this this horrible version of the internet which just seems to be 24-hour porn commercials and she wants to sort of cleanse and clarify uh, you know just clean the world and rid it of all of this electronic gadgetry so there's some underlying message there that I, i really enjoy which is like you know, she represents cleaning the world and having it green and simple, and he rep- represents technology and the future and and moving forward and advancement. And it's those two things coming head to head in the ultimate clash to the end. And uh, I'm not gonna spoil it. You gotta see it. And it's uh, it's I'm gonna reread this. It's that good. And I kind of hope this is the end because <laughs> uh, it 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 with 10 issues, it seems to have a great three act sort of pacing and i really really enjoyed it and it's some great storytelling and the, the visual aspect of this is insane set far into the future where technology has just destroyed so many things and the last little bastion of of glimmer of hope was in japan and they even wiped that out recently and turned it into this horrible casino and <laughs> it's just uh it definitely has that underlying that underlying message of you know uh we need to we need to clean and reel back and and Bring us back to a simpler time or something And I kind of like the whole vibe of that But anyway That's why it's my number one It comes to an end It's a great action-packed fight uh, Right to the last few pages And uh, and yeah, it's a little surprising uh, there Towards the end and what they do But but you have to give props To uh, to Rick, Re- um, I'm, uh, Rick Remander on writing here And Sean Murphy's art they, They've they really just hit that that synergistic Awesome blend of storytelling and art style and it's just gorgeous and uh yeah i'll be sad if it's gone but it it, would be okay it seems like it completed the three-part act to it so there you go that's my number one and uh man that was good and those are all my recommendations for new comic book uh, day august 31st so please Go to a local comic book shop that is near you and just buy these immediately. These eight comics, you will not be disappointed. And if you have questions, comments, or you'd like to maybe get a personal comic book recommendation, just email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. And of course, just uh, over there, click the link and sign up for the newsletter slash contact. I will be sending out some information soon. And please tune in uh, next week to to issue number 71. I'm actually reading 15 comics next week and there are three new number ones that I want to grab and hopefully tell you about. And again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it and all the positive feedback you've sent to me. And if you really want to just kind of help the show out and help me out a little bit, just go over to iTunes and give me a positive uh, review with five stars. I'd really appreciate it. And I will even personally thank you on a future podcast. I got a couple of those coming up very, very soon. You know who you are. So thank you very much. And I'll see you next week. And of course, don't forget to be water, my friends. Be water. (laughs) You're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow We're looking for the friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now